Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And it is already February. Can you believe it, Samantha? It's no. your favorite month to say, I know. I hate I hate it so much. <laughs> it is a complicated <laughs> one. It is. Uh, well, time is flying by, in my opinion. Yes. But we try to, as we always say, you know, we try to focus on highlights, um, women of color, marginalized communities all year round. That's uh, like a very important part to our whole mission, the whole podcast. But it is Black History Month. So we thought we would, uh, I think this is kind of a tradition now where we bring back uh, some classics that Eve's brought on for female first. Mm-hmm. Um, some amazing women uh, who often don't get enough attention or spotlight uh, and have like fascinating stories. Um, Should so this, be movies. Yes, yes. And this first one, I remember this episode. It was about the mistress of modern magic. Yeah. Uh, yes. So please enjoy this classic episode. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. It is time for another episode of Female First, which means we are once again joined by our good friend and colleague, Eves. Hello, Eves. Hey, hey, y'all. Hi. Oh, we're so happy to have you as always. Uh, we did have some technical difficulties oh. this morning. but And, and, I'm, and I'm supposed to be a professional. Some days <laughs> are are a professional. <laughs> but the fact that you caught it before we were in the middle of recording... Very good. Yeah, I knew. That's where I don't know until after the fact. That's yes. what I was afraid of. I was like, "Oh God!" Like if if this all if this all falls apart in the middle of the episode, I'm going to be <laughs> so sad because I feel like losing content, like losing anything you recorded, yeah. or anything you have saved, is just it's the oh, worst yeah. feeling in the world. It's yeah, true. yeah. And I've done that twice now. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I first started on Stuff I Never Told You as the producer, I was so nervous because, again, I had, like, no training for that job. And they taught me, but I was just like, a, I'm a nervous soul anyway. And then they're like, okay, record this podcast. And I forgot to press record. <laughs> and I realized, like, 10 minutes in, but it took me like two minutes before I got the courage to stop them. And I, I lied. And I said something like, oh, it was a technical malfunction. We've got to start over. <laughs> but I definitely just forgot to record. Uh, it happens. It <laughs> so happens. we all been there is what I'm trying to say. Yes. All been there. Yeah. So I did want to ask you all in relation to this episode and what we're going to be talking about today. Were either of you ever into magic? Do you have any tricks? I'll let Samantha, Samantha, you, you want to go first? <laughs> I don't. I had a couple of tricks, and both of them were very amateur at best. And I'm not going to give away my tricks. Oh. I, when we see each other face-to-face, I may actually be able to do something. Yes. Uh, I can't remember who. I think one of them was done by my brother taught me one of them, and the other one just happened because I had the equipment for it. Long story. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it's very specific. And I'm a very good entertainer. So I was able to like, you know, pull it off as a child. So I'm pretty sure half of it was adults just uh-huh. being nice and pretending like they don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> but I, I felt like it was a success. Wow. I you? have so many follow-up questions to that very vague. <laughs> I have equipment you, for it. Yeah. What does that equipment? mean? You can't tell. <laughs> you can't tell your tricks. If I tell you the equipment that I have for it, then you know. Come on. <laughs> God, I want right. to know so much more. That great magician never, never gives away. Yeah. Yeah. The slide of hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I I would definitely love to see a Samantha McVeigh magic show once quarantine is over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like we should just we should put on a magic show. You understand With my magic show last know nothing thirty about seconds. Magic. <laughs> 30 se- it would be a 30 second extravaganza it's true it's true if you look yeah. away you just missed the whole thing I'm like I'm not doing it again it was amazing yeah I have none I have no I've never yeah I've, I was never into magic um, I read about magic but that was the the farthest it went like growing up <laughs> The magic that I'm going to claim is that my birthday is the same as Harry Houdini's, which um, means that oh. I must have some legacy in the must. date that is March 24th of magic in whatever kind of universal <laughs> universal situation is happening on March 24th. But yeah, other than that, I just know there there is no magic, no magic talent here for me. <laughs> but wait, that Houdini was like a, an escape artist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to need you to learn an escape trick of some sort. Yeah, uh, pull. I will say okay. I've just been watching a lot of Arrested Development because of Jessica Walter's death. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to see this. Did not age well. Just <laughs> just put that <laughs> out there. Um, but I do love <laughs> Job's magic stuff all the time. I'm like, that's about right. That's about how I would do it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's> awful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy belated birthday, Eves. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. My little brother was really into magic and magic tricks, although I can't recall any of them, so I must not have been very impressed. <laughs> I have one card trick I can do, but it kind of takes a minute, so I feel like people get bored during it. It's not the best trick, but I can do it. And then I have, it's not really a magic trick at all, but I can do that thing where you like make fire in your hand with a lighter. That's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's cool. That's what I have. <laughs> Anything with fire. Fantastic. 
if, yeah. like people who have known me for a long time will tell you that's probably the worst trick. I'm very clumsy and accident prone. I should not be messing with fire. But um. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like Joe, where you set people on fire and or just put lighter fluid on people. That's yeah. your trick. Yeah, okay. I have accidentally set a trash can on fire once. Um, Even so. better. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about someone who had much more success than any of us today. Um, <laughs> who did you bring for us, Eves? Ellen E. Armstrong today. And that's the reason we're talking about magic, because we're talking about a magician. And she came from a family of magicians, too. So, as always, like, the f- firsts are a very weird thing. And there, are, I'm sure there are a lot of undocumented, like, magical arts performers that are happening. But, like, the first that we're going for today is that she was the first and only Black woman of her time to run an independent touring magic show. So there are a lot of caveats in there. But I think it's just good to think about this, quote-unquote, first as just, like, she was one of the very few people at the time, who was a Black woman who was performing magic and she had her own show in which she toured around the United States. Yeah, we were very excited. uh, I was hoping for a magic show. (laughs) I'm sorry to disappoint in that regard. Maybe I should learn something (laughs) and bring it back to you. I'll teach you one of my tricks. Okay, okay. (gasps) I only have two, so I'll teach you one of them. (laughs) All right, all right, I'll take that. But no, yeah, I really, magic really excites me too, like I said earlier. I'm like into fantasy and into reading about magic and and things like that. And I think just I'm into the occult and all of the things that have to do with illusion and things like that are really cool to me, too. So I'm excited about Ellen E. Armstrong, too. And there have been some people who have, you know, talked about her and her biography. But there's not a whole heck of a lot out there about Ellen E. Armstrong and the specifics and the details of her story. But there have been a bunch of newspaper stories about them performing in different locations around the United States, mainly on the East Coast. And yeah, we'll get into that a little bit and a little bit about the, just not too much, but a little bit about the magician, the background of Black magicians in the United States and of her family's magic. Yeah, I mean, family of magicians, that's already like, I'm in and this needs to be a book series. (laughs) So shall we get to her history? Yeah, let's do it. So family of magicians, including her father. Her father was a pretty noted magician. And there were magicians early on in the 1800s and the early 1900s. Of course, there is a very rich history of the performing arts and vaudeville and those kind of circuits in the United States back in those days. And Black performers were often a part of that. There were traveling circuses in the U.S. that included performances by magicians. And there were other names Back in the day of some early Black magicians, such as people like Richard Potter, who was considered the first Black American magician and may have even been the first American-born magician of any race, according to documentation for the United States history. But yeah, their uh, magic and traveling shows were a part of, of U.S. history at that time. And Ellen herself, she was born in 1914, but she came from this family of Black American magicians. Her father was John Hartford Armstrong, and he was born in South Carolina around 1886. He was probably of mixed race. This is kind of, I guess I should tell a little bit about my like interest in Ellen E. Armstrong in the first place, because I was trying to, I have a list of people who I keep running to do for, for the Female First series and was like thinking of doing another person. And then I was like, hmm, I don't know. I kind of want a bit more information on her. And I was waiting for a book to come in. 
And I was looking around my my house and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I have a poster. I have a broadside of Ellen E. Armstrong on the wall in my living room. And I was like, wait, why don't I just do Ellen E. Armstrong? Like, I know there's not a ton of documentation out there on her, but obviously I knew that we would love a magician. Like, we haven't done a magician before, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, true. No, yeah, no. true. We haven't done a magician before and... Magic is really fun. Like, it's really lighthearted, you know? Like, it's, I think it's a really cool practice. And also was just, you know, wanted to dig back into her history and learn a little bit more about her. And the other part of that, it's a really cool broadside. You know, I think posters from (laughs) back in the day, and we'll talk about some of those posters and what they said on them a little bit later on in the episode, are really cool. So I was drawn to her when I found the broadside, so I was just like, okay, I had to get this, and I've had it for several years now. But the other connection there was that her family lived in South Carolina, and I'm from South Carolina, Columbia specifically. So Spartanburg and Columbia are things that come up in her history. So yeah, oh. that's that's like where I came from, why I felt this connection to Ellen E. Armstrong in the beginning. But yeah, moving on with her story. Her father learned magic and toured the American South. Um, he dubbed himself the King of Colored Conjurers, <laughs> which is... We all love a good alliteration. More alliteration is going to come in here later. (laughs) But he and his brother also performed magic. They billed themselves as the Armstrong brothers. And they performed at Black churches and schools in North and South Carolina. And John would include Black history in his magic acts, too. So things like including the story of Frederick Douglass in one of his acts. So... Blackness and Black history were things that came up in their actual acts. You know, of course, they lived their lives as Black people, but that was also something that came up in their acts that they tied into them. And his wife, his first wife, Mabel White, joined the act as an assistant. She died years later, but he remarried to Lily Armstrong, and she was a musician, and she would help with the Armstrongs' shows. So she joined the family and performing magic. So all the hands of the family were coming in and assisting on the shows. And the shows were doing really well. Of course, there weren't a bunch of Black American magicians at the time, but there is a description of the Armstrong family in one of the papers in the collection at the South Carolina Library at the University of South Carolina. It says that they were one of a handful of Black magicians of this era and likely were the only ones to have an international reputation. Um, And it said that they performed along the Atlantic seaboard from Philadelphia to Key West and Cuba and in Europe from 1889 to at least the 1930s. So, of course, some of that time is before Ellen E. Armstrong herself was born, but she was born into this family that was already doing touring of magic acts. So some of the acts that they performed were things like mind reading, sleight of hand, changing water to wine, it said, (laughs) card tricks, and changing an egg into a chick. (laughs) So those are some of the things. And when you're saying chick, you're talking about a chicken, right? Chicken, yes, chick. Just so I know. Okay. Samantha. I'm just making sure. (laughs) I feel like the modern day uh, magicians may be a little different. So just just making sure. This reminded me, I saw this magic show when I was in India, and I'm pretty sure something was lost in translation. But I didn't get what was going on. And I, w- I was called out to be a volunteer. And I just had to pour water out over and over again. And he would say, water of India. And it was supposed to be a trick, but I don't get it. I did not get it. I was oh. looking around like, is it that there's still water in here? I'm not pouring out all the water. Yeah, the context was just lost there. It was lost on me. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Wow. We, we, if, if anybody knows what that trick is and have seen, has seen that trick before, yes. please let us know. Please. Because I would be curious. <laughs> yes. It haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Yeah, some of the Places where they performed were churches, high schools, colleges. And so these were family events. And they performed for white audiences, for mixed audiences and auditoriums and theaters and opera houses and other places like that. And there are other newspaper articles and letters talking about Armstrong performances, which you can find online at the collection at the USC. They're digitized. I'll read from some of those just so you can get a sense of like what people were writing because there are there are a bunch of them and a bunch of letters of recommendation that people were sending to recommend them and saying they were these great magic performers, very glowing reviews of the things that they did. So here's one from the Florida Sentinel. It's called The Armstrongs in Town. It said, Professor J. Hartford Armstrong, Hartford the Great, and Mrs. Armstrong, prestigiators, which was a word that I did not know, but is an old word for conjurer. Nice. <laughs> and mind readers arrived in the city last Wednesday from a splendid trip from Cuba and up the East Coast, where they held big engagements and mightily pleased the people. So that's one of the glowing reviews. And there are a bunch of them like that. They are pretty much the same. And here's another one about a performance in Tampa, Florida. 
During the past two weeks, all of Tampa has been unusually entertained in the different churches, halls, and schoolhouses. The exercises have been of a high moral nature, and the throngs (laughs) of people have pronounced them the best ever seen in their lines. And to know that Afro-Americans possess such excellent talent can draw such large audiences and entertain them until midnight is another proof that the race the race, is successfully competing with other races in the most intelligent pursuits in this world. This is attributed to the Armstrong brothers. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. You know, magician names, well, obviously there's a lot to unpack there, but I do really love magician names, and there's a lot of excellent words used in these glowing reviews of, like, splendidly and mightily and high (laughs) moral, like... (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's family fun. It's got like, that's what I've seen as some of the magical tricks. And then, of course, the ones after dark. Like, they're very specific on who they're targeting. Oh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> yes, they are. The audiences are very clear and the lines there are delineated pretty strongly. Yeah, I just thought, I thought that one was pretty, pretty funny. Just like how they brought the whole race into it and saying, wow, like these look at these model Negroes, essentially. Um, (laughs) I mean, it was unusual to see, you know, Black people performing magic at the time, and they were a very notable family. Yeah, even today, though, I think, I don't know much about magic, but there's definitely a few people who just pop in your head, whether it's like the Chris Angel or, you know, Siegfried and Roy. Mm -hmm. David Blaine. Yeah, like, then you rarely see people of color. You definitely don't see women. So it's kind of like, wow. They're making big headway even for today's standard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting too. Just the names you floated there. Like, I don't know much about magic and magicians either. But that, like, apart from Siegfried and Roy, I feel like those dudes are real intense. Like, it's almost <laughs> become like a metal, like, <laughs> goth thing. Copperfield? Is that a better one, David? I don't Wait, know. No, that's name. no, that's not his name. Pin and Teller. David Copperfield. Uh, Daniel. I don't know. We don't yeah. know. <laughs> you don't talk about Copperfield, right? Yeah. I know who you're talking think, about vaguely. Yeah. Well, the point is there are like a very, uh, a handful of like household name magicians. Yeah. But obviously yeah. there are also, this is not to say that there aren't like a, t- a ton more people who are working in magic who are very successful. Yes. Right. And yes. there are also many more Black people and people of color who are also working in magic. So not to to say that just because we don't know their names specifically that right. they don't exist, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, or that they're not include. Oftentimes that is purposeful and right. it is systemic that there are specific names that we don't know. Right. So, right. But yeah, it wasn't like there were Black people left and right back in the day who were con- entire families who were performing and touring magic acts, I think, right. is, is what it really boils down to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the occult and spirituality and things like that were often something that was taboo Mm -hmm. back in that day. So yeah, from another article talking about them coming back to Newport News, the Armstrongs will tickle your shoestrings and make your big toe laugh. They will not pay doctor's bills if you faint from laughter. (laughs) Was that a saying? Was that an old time you saying? I don't know. I don't really know what tickle your shoestrings mean there's so many things i don't understand about that yeah yeah but i guess they were funny and i don't know yeah. if fainting from laughter was a thing that really happened back in the day because they said that in some of their copy in the documentation and i just i i get like 
I don't know if that was a thing or if that was, I don't know, women fainting in media was a big thing back then, too, yeah. like for no reason. So I don't know if it has anything to do with that. But I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah, so... There's also another one. Um, I got a couple more here. Here's a quote. Professor Armstrong's work is highly creditable and does not cater to ignorance nor superstition. His feats are all the results of phenomena, which are the results of science. We commend the artist, especially because of his endeavor to remove superstition from our people and to have them understand that everything which we cannot comprehend at a glance does not originate from the prince of evil. Professor Armstrong, after many years of work and experiment, has evolved some instructive data on the existence and identity of the fifth dimension. (gasps) (laughs) Isn't that a great? Isn't that great? Out there fighting Satan, (laughs) right? It's it's right. So many like little little phrases in there that I really like in this quote. Prince of evil. Prince of evil. And I think the the our people thing was was really interesting to me, that turn of phrase, mm-hmm. to remove superstition from our people, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing they mean Black people by that. And <laughs> also how they wrapped, how they just tried, they just tried so hard to make it seem like it was something that was so straightforward, so straight down the middle. It had nothing to do with anything occult. It wasn't anything yeah. that was weird, nothing that was woo-woo, nothing about it. It was all good. But then you end with the fifth dimension. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Like, that was right. a twist. It was like all science and data and also the fifth dimension. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is just a letter of recommendation from Bethel AME Church in Dalton, Georgia oh. in April of 1914. And they said, this is to certify that the Armstrong brothers gave one of their high-class entertainments at our church, Bethel AME, last Monday night to a crowded house. To say that they pleased the audience to the highest degree of satisfaction is but putting it mildly. The people of Dalton, Georgia, representing all classes, were loud in their praises of this very high-class entertainment. Dalton, Georgia. That is ridiculously progressive of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As that's still one of the areas that I'm always timid to go to myself. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, granted it was at an AME (laughs) church, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, so those, that's just a sampling of some of the um, the letters and the articles that were written about them and their performances. And there are a bunch more that you can go through and read. Yeah, so in that collection, you can also find portraits of the family. So you can see pictures of them. And you can find, it's like pictures of them in front of their home, separate portraits of the different family members. but. I think it's funny that they mentioned representing all classes in that last quote. Their shows would appeal to middle and working class Black people. Well, you know, what you can call, like, what you would consider middle class, but who didn't care to go to minstrel or vaudeville shows and were attracted to that kind of educational spin of the Armstrong shows. Some Black American entertainers would... And I think that's like the whole class thing is a whole other conversation and thinking about who who were the types of people who attended their shows. But some Black American entertainers would pretend not to be Black and instead pretend they were foreign-born to make it in the United States. But yes, Ellen herself, that was kind of a long background on her family. But I think it's, 
you know, necessary to just kind of know where Ellen came from. So she grew up in that magic and entertainment realm. And at an early age, she assisted her father with the magic shows. She even had her own part of the show doing mind reading. And by the time that she was a teenager, she was doing what was called Chalk Talk, in which she drew cartoons on a chalkboard and would invite audience members up to draw as well. And her father died in 1939, and it was at that point that she took over his magic show and kept it going. And she continued to focus on Black churches and schools on the East Coast of the United States. And she was probably (laughs) the only Black female magician touring in the U.S. at the time. Solo. And in the early years of her doing the show on her own, she was called the Mistress of Modern Magic, which you can see on some of her posters. And the posters would also describe her acts. And (laughs) coming back to that alliteration thing, for some reason on her posters, they seem to really love alliteration, starting with the letter M. (laughs) I don't know why that letter. But for instance, the broadside that I have, it says, in her modern, marvelous, matchless, merry-making march through mystery land. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You know, M is the 13th letter, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh. So figuring it out, <laughs> connecting the dots. Now some could have counting. nothing to do with it, but <laughs> I had to count it out. <laughs> Wait a second, you know, Annie, I feel like you just opened a can of worms because that's one of those things that conspiracy theorists are going to go back and say. Wait a second, he was trying to figure out he was the fifth dimension and the thirteenth letter, and now uh, yep. I'm going to connect these dots. And there's something, there has to be something deeper going on. It's going to be a Reddit thread. Yes, yeah, I've uh, been down that Reddit thread. Okay, I it's not it. good. Don't go down it. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I stay away from Reddit. <laughs> As you should. (laughs) Yeah. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank. Brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. 
To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. So some of her acts or so-called novelties, as the posters called them, was silken sorcery. I'm not exactly sure what silk, what some of these tricks are, but these are the names for them. Silken sorcery, the miser's dream, the mysterious jars of Egypt, and the puzzling parasol. So, <laughs> yeah, really good names. They um, are. <laughs> and the poster also said that she had original chemical, mechanical, and electrical magical experiments. Ooh. And as we talked about earlier, kind of like the educational spin that it had on it, some of the other words that were used to describe the acts were clean, scientific, educational, and amusing. So the imagery and the portrayal of what her entertainment acts were, where it's very, like, it seemed like a very buttoned up thing. Mm-hmm. And so were all the letters of recommendations in the articles, the way they described her in such a, like, very neat way. It seems like it was very controlled, like the, the words right. that people were using to describe them to make sure that they were able to perform in more venues and that they would appeal to audiences and that they would actually get the money, you know, that right. they needed to get from these performances. Because it, it was a living, you know, mm-hmm. they were being right. paid for this. So it was important for them and for her to be able to continue to do that. Right. I find it interesting that they keep calling this, I guess, and it is a letter of recommendation, essentially having to be like, see, this other place really liked us and they approve. Yeah. You should too. And I find that very like a fascinating way of traveling and entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's an air of like kind of being safe. Like, see, it's educational. Mm -hmm. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not like the occult. It's a very educational, child-friendly show. It's all going to be good. We we don't do anything to entertain the evil of darkness. No. (laughs) Yeah. No Prince of Evil to be found (laughs) in any of these performances. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So the Times and Democrat newspaper out of Orangeburg, South Carolina, had a section titled News of Interest to Colored People, which was funny to me. It's as if only only <laughs> people of color could be interested in things that were happening right. about people of color. <laughs> right. This was right. in February of 1950. And it said, Ellen E. Armstrong will present a magical act at 7.30 Friday at East Middle School. The act is the same as that formerly performed by the original J. Hartford Armstrong. Admission will be 35 cents for adults, 25 for students, and 15 cents for tots, which is what they called children in several instances in some of these tots. And I think 35 cents in 1950, that would be about a little less than $4 in today's money. So, yeah, she later she focused on her chalk talk act and would use a pad and crayons instead and would let other people come up and draw still. And she was still, she was emphasizing her cartooning skills. So you'll see her called an uh, extraordinary or cartoonist extraordinaire or something like that in the posters. So not only was she a magical artist, she was also great at drawing and, and did cartoons. And she retired in 1970 and spent her later years in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and she died in 1979, but I'm not sure of the circumstances of her death. But yeah, fortunately, like I said, you can find some of those digitized writings about her online. And we still have access to pictures of the family and know a little bit about what their magical acts were. Although I wish that there was video. <laughs> I wish that there yeah. was video of some <laughs> of those acts. That's what I really want. I would love to know more about what the actual acts were. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, so based on some of the names 
I know that they were pretty cool. But yeah. The puzzling parasol. That's what I want to know. Right. Why was it? You don't want to know the Egypt one? That seemed cool too. Yes. I bet that one's related to my Water of India thing. <laughs> Maybe some of the sand? <laughs> that's Maybe the back- that joke was on me. Was, that's the backstory that we didn't know. <laughs> that the jar you were pouring from was a mysterious jar of Egypt. And that it was oh. ironic because the water was Indian water. I don't oh. know. I'm just, somebody was... <laughs> <laughs> I like this. <laughs> Let me not. <laughs> Was there any cartoons that she, like, did they have any records or pictures of the cartoons that she had drawn at any point in time? I haven't seen any. Okay. I haven't seen any. I'm just interested. I would imagine yeah. if, I think some of those people took them home, so, or, yeah. or took them with them, some of the drawings that were done as part of her act. So I wonder if there are any out there that people still have from right. going to one of the shows. But I'm not sure. I would love that. I would love that. That's, that's her beginning of her career with her uh, father. I would love to see, because people obviously yeah. liked it that it carried on. Uh-huh. I'd love to see her work. Yeah. yeah. That would be cool. Like the progression of it too. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. Well, this this has been a delight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so many fun names and words going on in this one. <laughs> Is there anything else you have uh, before we wrap up on this one? No, I think that is it. Man, I do wish I could have seen her show. Yeah. I wondered what it was. Like, the description makes it so intriguing on how they're trying to be that fine line of, no, we're not into devil worshiping, but we do know magic <laughs> and fifth element. Like, just like, <laughs> what is this? And then the fact that the entire thing is, if laughing hurts, stay at home. Like, I like that's part of their poster. You're like, wait, huh. <laughs> like, she's not just... Like, she's obviously a very much an entertainer. Her family was entertainers, but God, I wonder. Yeah. I want to know. I wish I was at one of those shows. I, I know. know. Oh, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> well, we'll get this Sminty Magic show together and it's going to be a train wreck. <laughs> not as entertaining. <laughs> no, but, well, not for us, but <laughs> other people might laugh at how terrible it is. <laughs> that's how I get fired because I started a fire at the office. <laughs> yeah, essentially she just sets herself on fire and we see the Zoom video and we're like, well, that was a mistake. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> I've made a huge mistake going back to Job yeah. and his magic show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm excited for the possibilities. And thank you so much for bringing this story to our attention, Eves. It was a very, very fun one. Yes, thanks for having me. That was exciting. Yes. That was fun. <laughs> Where can the good listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at Eve's Jeffcoat, on Instagram at Not Apologizing, and also on the show This Day in History class, which is a daily show about history, talks about other people that did cool things in history, just like Eleni Armstrong, and events that happen in history, and also on the podcast Unpopular, which is about people in history as well but a little bit different in terms of talking about their biographies and what they did in order to disrupt systems and where they were often persecuted and it goes through those stories. And that's it. <laughs> also here. I think this is also- our 23rd episode. Okay, yeah. I feel like we went through this, Samantha, 20th, 21st, 27th last time. Because I feel like in my record keeping, I feel like I might have skipped an episode. So I'm like, <laughs> I need to Your go record back. keeping. <laughs> <laughs> I, I make it sound like it's very serious and important. And I yes. have like, I don't know, a microfiche and like a yeah. fire safe locker yeah. container somewhere. But no, it's just my notes app. And <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I feel like I skipped something in there. So I don't know. I'm going to have to go back in. Go through yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we'll have to fact check that. It's very important. Yes. <laughs> very important. <laughs> yeah. There's no way we can ever know. Flash. It's recorded. So, <laughs> I think we, I, I believe we can get to the bottom of this. But I actually am if... if Listeners know this, but I actually have a really weird thing with numbers. So I do want to know. So I can keep track of specific, important, numbered episodes. So by next episode, we'll know. Okay. We have to also know when to eat the cheesecake. So yeah. We have to buy the cheesecake in Vegas. Yes. All of those things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming up on that. We might have already missed it. It might already be too late. Because <laughs> we were talking about the 25th episode doing that. Yeah. We'll figure that. We'll go do sminty housekeeping and figure that out. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, listeners, if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.